What's up, happy people? Welcome back to another episode of Perception is a fucking bitch, man. You know, life is funny. And I got to thinking the other day, like wolves in sheep's clothing, often the ideals we believe to be the most wholesome are actually the most dangerous. Like the story in the Bible of the widow who gave her last two mites, we are taught that altruism, given everything that you have to the point of self-destruction, is a fucking virtue. This misguided idea has become a cultural guilt trap and most don't even realize they've been caught. What's up, happy people? Welcome back to another episode of Perception is a Bitch. My name is Deji. I'm your host. And I'm Sarah. Hey, what's up, baby? Lovely wife. Mm-hmm. Wife, manager, confidant, mm-hmm. all the above. What other labels Everything you, got? you never knew you needed. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> yeah, the things I know I need and the things I know I, I don't yet know I need, <laughs> you, don't you yet provide. Know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, look, I was, I was telling you the story. I'm at mm-hmm. work the other day. And I'm in a conversation with a young lady and she goes, hey, Deji, because she's from Kenya. Mm-hmm. And she goes, Deji, uh, you're from Nigeria, right? I say, uh, yes, yeah, matter of fact, I am. And she goes, have you been back since you left? And I said, no. Fuck no. Fuck no. It's been 17 years and I ain't never going back. You know, I got off the fucking boat and I ain't going back to sea. Well, I didn't come here in a boat, but you <laughs> came here by plane. <laughs> 2003. <laughs> we had planes now. But anyway, so she said, so do you still see yourself as African? And I said, no. She said, so you see yourself as American? And I said, well, no. no. <laughs> and then she got this look of confusion on her face. And I said, but you have to be one or the other. How can right, you right. not be how a can, noun? How can, how can you not be a noun? How can you not be defined by Africa or America? Either African or American. Yeah, what do you mean? She had this look in her eye like this motherfucker is weird. You know, he's speaking in descriptive language. <laughs> <laughs> you're just being you're just being contrarian right. at this point. <laughs> Did you talk like the Illuminati? <laughs> you don't see me, but I'm always. I don't exist. I don't exist. (laughs) But I said, let me explain. Let me explain. I said, look. Famous last words. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't even know what she done done. She didn't even know. She opened Pandora's box. (laughs) God day she rolling on a philosophical topic. She's asking a simple motherfucking question. It's a straightforward question. (laughs) She didn't know. What are you? <laughs> you know all of a sudden you know you know it is not in my nature to just give a simple answer to a goddamn no. question i got to get all philosophical about it right yeah. right right hey which way do i go daisy left or right well neither <laughs> daisy do i sit do i save all my money or do i spend all my money well both <laughs> but anyway okay anyway i'd say let me let me explain I said, down. for example, it is uniquely an African, well, not uniquely, but it is an African cultural mindset, uh, um, you know, relevant to even South American cultures, that when you come to America, you give, 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 give back to the point where you cannibalize your own well-being. You give to the point of self-sacrifice. It is a cultural expectation that you give back because, you know, your family gave so much so you could get to America. So you owe them now mm-hmm. when you start making money here. And I said, these are African cultural ideals that a lot of us are bound to, are bound by. And I struggled with this idea for the longest time because it's like I was working at Walgreens making 15 bucks an hour. And yet I had this cultural expectation that I had to give back to the family that was left behind because I got the opportunity to come to America. Uh-huh. It wasn't until I found Ayn Rand's book, The Virtue of Selfishness, and read that book that I was able to relieve myself a lot of a lot of the guilt that I felt for not wanting to give back to culture. That trap of guilt, man. Right, right. Get and, and. 
you know, so that that let me know because I had this war back and forth in my own heart, in my own mm-hmm. mind of, man, I want to give, I want to give, but something just does not feel right about doing this, you yeah. know. And Rand's book, The Virtue of Selfishness, let me know that there was virtue in being selfish, mm-hmm. that you don't have to give altruistically to the point where you self-cannibalize yourself. And that book, her words, her work gave me permission to find virtue in my own selfishness. And I said, but you do understand how that's not a African mentality or cultural mentality. Another example I gave was even with kids. For example, you and I have been married 12 years. We have mm-hmm. chosen to not Together have kids. Together 12, married 10. Married 10. We've chosen to not have kids. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, by cultural definitions, you know what family is saying about me, right? And she was like, they're saying you're probably impotent. And I was like, exactly. yeah. yeah. So again, they um, can't imagine that we choose. They can't. We choose they the cultural, life of not They culturally kids. cannot wrap their minds. Why would you choose to not have children? They culturally cannot wrap their minds around the fact that two people can get married and decide to not have kids. It's mm-hmm. just what you do when or you're married. Or at the married. very least, wait. <laughs> like, you just wait until right, you're right. ready. And I said, these and, uh, you know, in addition to many more ideas are reasons why I I no longer identify with the culture, with, with being African. And it's not because I see myself as American, because these ideas, these new ideas that I live by are not uniquely American either. Not even remotely American, the ideals you live by. You know, you most Americans live in a state of, of surplus, debt, kind of a an overindulgent mindset. So they, they, they don't live in a saving mindset that you do in a preparation for the future and getting ready for what's to come. They live in a kind of YOLO, I deserve this, I'm going to live and let live. So it's not the immigrant mindset of, of hustle, 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 but send everything back so I'm still living broke. They're living broke, but they're living large. Right. And, you know, the last example I gave to her, well, second to the last, was even on, on the on the career specialization front. I work in a gym. Mm-hmm. By African and cultural definitions, if you're, you're not, I'm a failure. Because if you're not any one of these three definitions, a lawyer, doesn't matter a doctor, how big your paycheck is. A, a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer, it don't even matter how big your bank account is, your, your culture, your, your family. Your mom can't brag about what you do. Right, right. You're a failure. I'm a failure. I'm a failure because my mom can't say to friends in social circles that my son is a doctor, he's a lawyer, or he's an engineer. And I said, so I don't identify with this culture anymore. And that conversation with her let me realize that there are people out there who are struggling with these issues, specifically this issue of altruism, which is what this conversation today on today's podcast is going to be about, because I realized that a lot like I felt that guilt, that tug of war in your soul where you where you were expected by family to give to the point of self-sacrifice, given back to the point of your own demise, your own your own your own non-existence is such a cultural expectation that that it creates an existential crisis within you. I was fortunate enough to find Rand's philosophy on the of, on uh, objectivism and the book The Virtue of Selfishness so I could I I finally for the first time had a different set of ideas to leverage and work from. I realized that there are people who do not have that and are still living with a lot of that guilt to that altruistic given and it is for those people that we decided to have this conversation today. Yeah, so um, this may be a silly thought, but I just keep getting hit with um, the story of the emperor's new clothes. Hey, do you know this story? Vaguely, vaguely. Remind so me. there's an old kind of parable myth story about the emperor's new clothes where this king hires these people to make him this amazing outfit and they 
they make it. They spend weeks and weeks making it, and they finally give it to him, and he sees nothing. And they're, like, gushing over how gorgeous it is. And so he he pretends to put it on because he doesn't want to look like an idiot. And nothing's there. So he's walking down the the street, butt-ass naked. And he's convinced he's wearing clothes. So no one in the crowd says anything because they they think that they must be crazy and not seeing the clothes. If the king thinks he's wearing clothes. So it's it's the, the, the problem of that suggestive influence. And when somebody tells you something so adamantly and you don't want to look like the idiot, so you don't question it and you go along with it. And then other people go along with it because you didn't question it and you believe it's true. So no one says shit. It reminds me of that quote. None are so hopelessly enslaved than those who falsely believe they are free. Yeah. So when you define altruism in, in terms of virtue, which is the definition of virtue is to, is to show or display behavior that's, that's culturally considered to be of high moral standard, then people become slaves to that thinking and don't, yeah. don't know that there are other ideas beyond that. So as a society, we've become enslaved to this altruistic mindset so much that even our superheroes like Batman consistently consistently lets the joker go knowing he's going to kill hundreds but oh i can't kill i can't kill i don't want to break my moral promise and he keeps doing the same shit over and over causing more harm by quote unquote because he's trying to live by this moral live by the moral code a lot of times the moral codes we live by are causing more harm than good and this is the problem when we when we feel we know something deep down is true like you knew something deep down like when you barely have enough food to buy groceries but you're expected to send money home to pay for relatives you haven't seen in a decade who were never there for you. But because you're in America, you're all of a sudden obligated to provide for them. You know, I told my uncle for the longest time that the family should not expect to hear from me for about 15, 10 to 15 years because I just don't have enough to give back. I'll tell you the story that I asked, the, the parable that I gave to this young lady and, and kind of posed the question philosophically to her. I said, imagine that you are uh, in a community of 10 people. Mm-hmm. Call that a society. I think we've talked about this in the podcast I, I know, before, but it's, it's relevant to this, con- yeah. to this conversation. I said, imagine you, you, you belong to a community of 10 people where the poverty line is, call it 10 bucks. I said, if everyone has $9, and this is not a trick question, how many people are poor in that society? She said, all 10 are poor. I said, okay, perfect. We're aligned. Now, if one of them were to finally get his hands on $11 per hour, per hour, how many people are poor in that society? She said, well, uh, there's nine people under 10 bucks and there is one over 10. She said, so there's nine poor people and there's one who would we would consider, quote unquote, rich. Said, OK, perfect. Now, there's one or two ways this could play out. If the guy with the eleven dollars now decides to take his dollar over minimum wage, call it dollar, dollar fifty and decides to divide that amongst the other nine who are poor. How many poor people does that make in the society now? She said, well, now all 10 are poor again. And I said, that is that is altruism mm. because altruism will will make it a cultural moral virtue that the best thing you can do for your community is to give back to the point where you are drugged back into poverty. Yep. But virtue and selfishness, objectivism, the philosophy of Ayn Rand, teaches you or enlighten me to know that there was virtue in being selfish because the highest moral virtue to the society as a common good is to reduce the amount of poor people from 10 to 9. From from that perspective, morality and the moral thing to do was to not be one of the poor. And I said, that is why I was liberated from my shackles 
when I finally laid my hands on Ayn Rand's philosophy of virtue, selfish virtue, which you coined the term as self-care. Self-first. Self-first. So I said it's not selfish, it's self-first. Because to me, I use the analogy of the woman on the plane with her two kids. And they always say, don't put your kid's mask on first, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to put your mask on. Because what happens if you spend your precious oxygen getting your kid's mask on and they're too little to help you? Now you die and your kids are orphans. You didn't really help them, right? Mm -hmm. You only helped them in the short term. But long term, you screwed them over. Right? If you put your mask on first, now you can have the oxygen to take care of them and put their oxygen on. So it's not selfish, it's self first. It's self first. So that you are in a position to care for them. And I'll go a bit deeper. So there's a, a, a famous book, Way of Thinking, you've probably heard of it, called Leaders eat last. Leaders eat last. Oh, Simon Sinek going, do, do, look, look, look. If there are any I'm Simon. I'm going to pick on this a little bit. I'm going to pick on it. If there, if there are any Simon Sinek fans out there, you know, do, don't maybe don't tag Simon on this one. Tag him. Tag him. <laughs> Let him know you. what I think. <laughs> Sarah, like, I dare you. Okay. No, no. It's, it's, a, it's a great philosophy. It has some merits. But here's my contention with it. Leaders eat last only works if you know there's enough food to go around. If and you the know, leader knows there's enough food to go around. Yes. And that people aren't going to start getting greedy and taking all the food. Because what happens if the leader always eats last and people don't leave him shit? Now you have a disgruntled leader who is... Not mal- even disgruntled. He's, he's malnourished. malnourished. He's malnourished. He's starved. He can't make cognitive decisions anymore. He's he's coming from a place where he cannot function he starts Optimally. to fucking hallucinate because he doesn't, <laughs> you know, he's damn near close to death. Right. Who's going to lead these fuckers? Who's going to lead these people? So now you have an incompetent leader, not because he's incompetent, but he is coming from a... a from altruistic perspective. Yeah. He, he's not working in an optimal way. It'd be better if he made sure he was properly fed so that he can then lead his team to food. Right, 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 right. Go go out and hunt the food. You're not a good hunter if you're hungry, right? So anyways, when there's enough food to go around, though, it's a great concept because, yeah, you step back, you let your team feel, ooh, rah, rah, I got to go first. And, you know, he let me cut in line ahead of him. He values me. It, it's a great concept that way. And that's the same way when you see like... When, when Moses is leading the Israelites to the promised land and this is a 40-year journey and you're the only motherfucker who know the way... Uh-huh. We might want Moses to eat first. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Otherwise, we're fucked. We're down here. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm saying. If, Wondering. If Moses eat last after 400,000 Israelites in the wilderness and the food don't get to Moses because, you know what, he's hashtag leaders eat last. And, you know, no wonder they wandered around for 40 years, a journey <laughs> that should have only taken goddamn <laughs> two weeks. I don't want to get killed by the Christians. <laughs> A two-week journey became 40 years because, you know what? The leader was eaten last. I digress. Back to you, babe. (laughs) So so my point in all of this is to say that it financially is the same thing, right? And and just like the airplane example of putting your mask on first. Leaders don't eat last there. The the, the pilot is not waiting for all of you to put your mask on. So, like, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't. Uh, the, the, <laughs> you're the, gonna, the you're, drink the drink is it's hitting it. you it's hitting me it's hitting me we got this uh knobs creek old-fashioned hey, hey, today cheers cheers, cheers. Woo. when the drinks start hitting me good the the mind starts you start I, taking I, over yeah 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 yeah, yeah. The, the mic. when 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 the roofie the psychedelics that we're not eating start kicking it <laughs> i wish we had some psychedelics <laughs> that the mind starts going but this is just I'm regular I'm inhibition keep alcohol going. keep keep going leaders eat less what, what were you gonna say what are you talking about what are you talking about <laughs> so anyways uh i was talking about how with finances it's the same thing you have a lot of people who want to take care of the people around them first, especially I think in your situation and a lot of immigrant situation 
um, and even minorities, and I think just in general, people who have not been around generational wealth and have not had the opportunity to see how money management really operates and how, how important it is to save and make sure you're taken care of, they have some, some false perceptions about, about money. They have this idea that the money, once they get money, once they get a good job or the money's coming in, they feel like shit's just going to flow, right? And you and I know that that's not true. Like we make enough money now to know that even with the amount of money coming in. We don't make a shit, shit ton, but, but we, we have, make enough. We, we make enough, but we have a shit, shit ton. <laughs> there's a difference there's a difference but we're my, not out here making millions mm-hmm. but you know what we got in the bank damn but near close is it's, it's good and and the point is but you realize how how aggressively we have to minimize our living and how how shitty we have to almost make our living conditions to actually save enough to know reminds- that when we retire we're taken care of. And we know when we look at our peers who make as much or even less than we do or and more, how they're or living. More, or maybe more. more but Mostly more. unlikely. Okay. Unlikely. Okay. I'm not saying like oh, we don't have that many like professional NBA player friends or something true, like true, that. True, so true. Sorry, sorry. We're sorry, all sorry, in the same sorry. range. The, the, the drink's hidden. Drink's hidden. So if we're all in that same range... Right, mm-hmm. and we see the way that they're living, the way that they they spend the money, and it's not a judgment, but it's at the same time we're like, okay, how are they getting ready for retirement? How are they saving with as much as they give, as much as they spend? There's nothing left. There, there are two stories that. So go ahead. <laughs> You're so excited. <laughs> put me in, coach. He's doing that. Put me in, coach. Put me in. Put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm listening. I'm listening. I mean, my drink now too. This shit's strong. Go ahead. Yeah, this is this <laughs> some strong whiskey. Some Knob Creek old fashioned sponsorship. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna get a sponsorship for being alcoholics. <laughs> we're not alcoholics. We just we drink once a week. I know the conversations but... flow and are way richer. When you're under the influence. It's like drunk history, right? Yeah, this yeah, is I'm, drunk philosophy. I'm, I'm, I'm not out here driving. I'm not out here putting anyone else at risk. I'm, <laughs> I'm in the comfort of my own home watching the fucking cat, you know, do its bullshit. Do its bullshit. And, you know, keeping uh, itself it entertained and I'm and being entertained watching a goddamn cat, right? <laughs> All right, finish your point, finish your point. I don't even remember my point. You've interrupted me so many times. <laughs> All right, all right. I'm going to go in. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Been trying to make this point for 10 minutes. Go ahead. Goddamn, if I don't get this shit. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Okay. So, essentially, just trying to bring this shit back down to earth here. Okay. A little bit. (sighs) Breathe. 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 Make your point, make your point, make your point, make your point. Oh, you're making this hard. So anyways, we've established that leaders eat last is a philosophy that doesn't quite work, right? It's an altruistic philosophy. Yeah. Which is probably why a lot of people liked it. Majority of Christians. It sounds sounds good in theory. And in giving back to your community or your family sounds good in theory. But there is a lot of evidence, not theory, evidence this shows that in practice, this shit sucks balls. Okay? Doesn't work. Hasn't worked. Ever. Ever. And all you have to do is look at the history of NBA players and rappers and lottery winners. 30-30 and, broke. And the bad luck that seems to cling to them like, like shit on a shoe. <laughs> and know that this shit doesn't work. Okay? So... People who all of a sudden fall into money and have never had generational wealth, have never been taught how to handle money, how to finesse it and how to grow it and how to manage it and how to tell people fucking no, end up going bankrupt because they never learn the skill sets of budgeting, of 
putting them away. And, and yes, you want to give back. No one's ever saying not to give back. But it has to be self-first, others last. Right. Even Dave Ramsey's baby steps, right? Giving is like the last step. It's, it's like at the step very number back, seven. the very right. back, like pay off debt and then yeah, yeah. And So even in the religious context, Dave Ramsey is not completely altruistic. Yeah. And and that's that's where I lie on this this principle because you can see how many people who actually make bank who you would look at and go you should never be broke again in your fucking life you've made so much goddamn money how are you broke and you realize it happened from giving they gave every single fucking thing that they had now you made the money you got to buy mama a house you got to buy daddy a house Uh oh your cousins need shoes so and so needs music lessons you know, you know I, someone's I, I, bar mitzvah we, and and before you know it you're broke and we we both approach this from two different perspectives because i can uniquely identify with the immigrants from either the african culture or the south american the asian, asian cultures um, who are so driven and bound by this cultural virtue morality of altruism, which is given back to the point where they themselves are are damaged either emotionally, their happiness, it spirals them into depression and it gives them a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. because it's when, when you define given altruistically as a moral virtue, of course, it's going to lead people to a fucking existential crisis. And and you the point you made is there are parts of it where it applies to Americans also. It's just different contextually. But yeah. I wanted I wanted Usually to, minorities are people who have never experienced right. money. But I wanted to I wanted to give two two stories mm. that are unique here because these weigh heavy, heavy on my heart. Um for different reasons. Oh, the kid from your, your work? Yes, oh, yes, okay. yes. So and, and the, the, the family member also too. So yeah. there, there was a family. Yeah, hold, hold, before before you get in the stories, real quick, one okay. point I need to make is, you know what's fucked up is about a lot of this, like you're talking about the immigrant guilt and the feeling like you owe, quote you, unquote. You owe your parents. You owe them you owe for them your if, life. Even, and, even though you didn't ask to be born. Yeah, right? which like, you always hear, oh, but they gave me so much. They brought me I owe world. them they, so they much. Put me, they, they put gave me up, first. They gave blah, blah, blah. up everything so that I can be here. I'm Mother like. Motherfucker. Fucker. I didn't choose you, this. Yes. Look, I was in heaven chilling and they decided to yank me out of non-existence into this bullshit we call life. And I'm supposed to be grateful Half for the time it. They didn't even decide. Someone got freaky, forgot to put the condom on right. And nine months later, there's a baby. If I had a choice of either stay in heaven or come down to earth, suffer, and then risk 50-50 my salvation that I get back yeah. to heaven. What, do, like those what do you think the rational mind like, is going to choose? Oh, you know yeah. what? Let's give this whole earth thing a shot. No, yeah. no, fuck. I, I want to stay in heaven. Chill with the angels. This is like what the deadbeat dads who are like, oh, but I paid my child support. You're I did supposed my- to take care of your kids, you motherfucker. Yes. Like what you want, a trophy like, for taking care of that, your kids? That's exactly it. Parents who They'd have be like, kids. Oh, I bought my kids Christmas gifts. Yes, yeah, so you owe me. You owe me and you gotta you gotta pay me what, back by like wards? buying my house you, you, and, and you, you becoming want, a doctor. You want awards for some shit you're supposed to do? Like these these African South American parents want trophies because the I ki- birthed you. <laughs> Therefore you owe me for life. Anyway. Anyway, sorry, I just had to say that. Uh, that's, I get you. that's I get that's you. the root of that that mindset and it's such a fucking I get you. Anyways, I get you. It's tell like, the story it's, about it's, the kid. It's, it's that- like it's like the widow who she gave her last two mites, her last two pennies, and we and and the Bible. I'm not hating on the Bible. Praises her like, oh. The she, Bible she, say that she gave more than the, the other motherfuckers who gave millions and millions of dollars, but because it won their last, it didn't matter quite as much. But the chick who gave her last two and couldn't parent and couldn't feed her kids, we call that a moral virtue. Yeah. And don't nobody, never, don't nobody, don't. Preachers done made sermons about this shit. And this is why I said it's like the emperor's clothes, because it's something so stupid. Everyone knows it's stupid, but we no one wants to say shit because because we're scared of getting called out. Because it's a it's 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 a moral virtue. Like oh, it's a virtue. We've all decided as a society that it's a moral virtue. So, but nobody gets it. Nobody really gets it because you look at this shit and you look at it. And I remember as a kid even thinking 
that makes no sense because now whatever we can't make gives, rent we can't no, no, make no. rent forget that point forget she is now because like she gave her last two mites guess what that money's going to the poor the money's coming right back to her so she didn't give shit she just kept she put it for safekeeping <laughs> I don't know that I'm trusting the church to save keeping the money. But do you get my point? Because now you're, money. you're the money. poor I get your point. who needs the assistance. Right. That makes no sense. If you giving puts you back in the bracket of the people who need you help, you know what this reminds me of. Them. Before I get to my story, <laughs> reminds me of Jay Z's line in that one song, "Moment of Clarity." Mm-hmm. I listen to the song probably three, four times a week. It's off the uh, Reasonable Doubt album. It's called uh, "Moment of Clarity." He said. Uh, and I can't help the poor if I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. So I got rich and gave back to me. That's a win-win. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That it line makes sense to me. That line hit Cheers me. That. that line My hit me. Feet. That line hit me like a brick. Okay. But the sto- so two stories I want to tell. One is first a, a family story where I once had a family member tell me that hey Deji. Money tight, man. Money tight. You don't think I'm going to be able to make rent this month. Pay bills. Pay bills. Shit tight. Shit tight. And I'm already not the giving type of motherfucker, you know. Mm -mm. So I'm like, you know what, Sarah? This situation is a little dire. So I'm going to make an exception. I give. Now, I get it. When you give somebody a gift, how they choose to. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's not in my word. Not expecting it back. True. I see this person a couple weeks later. Mind you, the way I earn my money is not easy. Hard work. We, we make strategy. a lot. We make we make a lot of money. We have a lot of a money. Lot of sacrifices though. But it comes at a shit ton of sacrifice. So every dollar that is earned through me, like every dollar got a name. Okay, and even after I children. give, even after I give it as a gift, I'm thinking, man, there's a lot more. That was a little Timmy. There's a lot more I could have done with that hard-earned money. Like, the cat, that, that could have been food for the cat this week. But, you know, didn't happen. Anyway, so I run back into this. I run b- into this family member again. And they tell me that the money that I gave them, they gave it to the church as th- tithe. Because they believe, they believe that It'll because... Be visited back. That because it's said in the Bible that if you give to the Lord, and I forget what verse in the Bible they quoted, but if you give, the Lord will repay you tenfold. Now, perception being a bitch and all, (laughs) this family member has not gotten any assistance from me since. And they will not understand why, because they operate with a different set of morality or moral code than I do. But when you tell me mm-hmm. an atheist or a a perception is a when you when you tell me a verb, which is somebody who's got a bunch of philosophies in his mental, fuck it, call me an atheist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you tell me that you just gave my hard earned money to the church mm-hmm. because you believe that There's that altruistic minds, because you gave everything I gave you and God going to give it right back to you and send people to do you good. Yeah. Like. They just turn me off to make sure that they never receive any aid from me. And so, they, will, they will not understand why. So that story reminds me of the man on the roof story. And we did a podcast about this before. But to summarize real quick, the man on the roof was essentially a man trapped in a flood. And he's about to drown. And he's praying and praying and praying for salvation. Right? And a boat comes along. Like, oh, no, I'm, I'm waiting good. On God. I'm, I'm just waiting, waiting on, God. on God. I'm waiting on God. Helicopter comes by. Oh, oh no, 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 I'm waiting on God. on God. I'm still waiting on God. Plane comes by. No, oh, no, 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 I'm still waiting on God. And then he dies and gets to heaven. He's like, oh, why didn't you come? And God, like, God, I, why I didn't you save me? came fucking three times. God, why didn't you save me? And God looking at this motherfucker like, man, I sent you a boat. I sent you a plane. And I sent you a chopper. Yeah. What more could, could I, I have done, done for you? So this is my problem, and it's not its not an atheism versus religion thing. If you want to give your own money to the church, that's your prerogative. But first of all, take care of you first, because God may have given the you... Fact the, that, the fact that I gave this person money for rent. Think about it even if it hadn't been a gift. Think about it when it's their own money. If you're going to give to the church, it needs to be what you have 
after you've paid bills and taken care of your family and your livelihood. Because sometimes God answers your prayers by giving you the ability to work and earn the money to take care of your family. It makes no sense to have had your prayers answered in a way you didn't expect with a job to have earned the money that you needed. But then you give that money away because you're bound by some moral that you cultural, have to give some cultural for bigger mindset. blessings. Some, Sometimes you're so ready looking for the bigger blessing. You're looking for that sign in the sky saying, I am God. The and bigger I'm here. blessing that you missed the very blessing in front of you. Yes. And, and that's my and, problem. And hence perception being a because fucking say it with me. Fucking a fucking bitch, bitch man. man. So like man. maybe, maybe if you want to believe in God, maybe God helped this family member out by having you donate the money to her as a gift to pay it off. Instead, that money was disappeared. They still don't have the resources they need. They still can't because the can't rent pay the is bills. due on the first. Even if the church meets once a week. So even... <laughs> Even if God answers prayers, right? Like, anyway, I'm not going to get into all that. So I'm, I'm saying, like, it, depending on your output, outlook, you are the answer to their prayers. And yet, and yet. I will not be the answer they to They went future, back looking I, for different, I will a not, different sign. <laughs> for different answers. I will for sure not be the answer to future prayers. That's for sure. Um the second story this was... This is a bigger one to me. And just to preface this, like this to me is the, the root. Uh, the other one's kind of an annoyance and it's a lack of perspective, honestly. I'm just saying that people don't always understand what blessings or gifts they have in front of them. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to use their resources to be effective at solving the actual problem. Like you're distracted by what you think you should be doing Instead of doing what you actually need to do, right? Mm-hmm. But this issue, the story you're about to go into, is, is something that that I think is at the heart of the issue you're discussing about how people sabotage themselves. Yes, because because I saw myself, I saw a lot of my old self in this young man. I because again, coming from Nigeria, to give some backstory and to give some context, I come from a culture of. It's already hard enough to get out of Africa and get the opportunity to come to America because it's like winning the fucking lottery. Okay, there's there's billions and billions of people in Africa. So when you are one of the lucky ones, whether it's by merit or by luck that gets to come to America, you're expected to give back. Now, a lot of cultures suffer from this mentality. Also, this altruistic mindset of giving to the point of self-sacrifice or self-like detriment to the point where the given begins to make you depressed because your own well-being and your own quality of life is almost like pulled down and not, not almost it is it, it is yeah. because you have to give so much yeah you have so, to become a second rate citizen in your own life yes so this young man is also was also cultural and this this is a long time ago also from a cultural asian background and I noticed that every time he came into work, he was always, he always, and I'm not saying that he looked hungry, but you can definitely tell it might have been a while since he, since he ate um, signs and symptoms of lethargy, shit like that. And, you know, just now I can't be asking questions because some conversations are just not work appropriate conversations so i have to pick up things in passing like mm-hmm. nuances so in nuance passing conversations i figured out very quickly that he was also bound to this cultural mindset of look i'm the only one from my family who one got to come to america who gets to earn some type of a decent wage. And he was only making less. I mean, I don't want to give the exact amount, but call it less than 13 bucks an hour. And six out of every, call it 50 cents out of every dollar he earned, went back to taking care of family to the point where his phone would get cut off multiple times. He would miss rent multiple months. Um, 
you and you know he never had food to eat never had enough to buy food because he was given back so much mm-hmm. given to the point where the given had become the very source of his depression very source of his anxiety to the point where he was already starting to make very questionable moral judgments moral calls and decisions at work which is a sales job um that could have gotten him fired and and well, ultimately ended up getting yeah, him fired. Yeah, so essentially hold, hold on. So the conversation I had with him was like because I could recognize that I I saw a lot of myself in him because I understood what philosophy he was operating under. He was operating under that cultural guilt trap of altruism where the culture, the society expects you to give back so much but you don't know any difference to be able to break out from that. It's such, it's, it's the altruism is a very definition of morality that, and he didn't have any other ideas or philosophies in his mind that could help him navigate through like, man, this may not be the best way to live, you know, and it ultimately cost him his job. That still weighs heavy on my heart even till this day. Because I wish I could have told him about Ayn Rand, the virtue of selfishness, but these aren't appropriate workplace combos. So I'm going to cut in here real quick because I don't think you're going deep enough into this one. Um, okay. I, I know there's a little more to it just from our previous conversations. And one of the, so basically to give some backstory here a little deeper, um, this kid would have been good. If he financially, if he had lived on his wages, he could have made his bills. He, he could he have had, had enough, food. He had enough yeah. for him, right? He 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 was set. Not only that, he was one of your best workers. He was someone that you kept saying had so much potential, um, so much drive, so much hunger to learn. And I remember you talking about how much competency he had. Absolutely, but. Remember, you and I are students of philosophy, which means that more than the average person, we have the ability to recognize uh, these philosophical systems that people live by and we can name them. So but individuals like these like this kid cannot. So when I see him being slave to an altruistic mentality, first, I recognize that he can't even name the system by which he's imprisoned by. Let it, like he doesn't even recognize it enough to know that he's imprisoned by it. I recognize it. And even during the investigation, when, um, you know, the, the compliance officer is, you know, kind of getting on to the kid about the choices he's made. You know, what I wanted to say is, look, I'm not making his excuses for his actions or what he did, but, you know, he's he's victim of a of a of a system of of a thought process of 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 a thought he's the victim of a thought and he doesn't even understand why he's making these decisions because they're coming from a place of absolutism he's he's taken this altruistic mentality as an absolute truth doesn't even recognize it enough to know to question it he he does not know what he does not know and it's not me making excuses for anyone. It's just saying too often in all our lives, we are slaves to these ideas and we don't even recognize that we are in prison. It's a lot like putting putting a bird in a cage and the bird not even recognizing that, that it's in a cage. Or you go fishing, you put bait and you know uh, nets and all that in the fish. And the, the fish swim right up to the bait, not recognizing that they're swimming to their own demise, that that they're swimming into their captivity. And these systems we live by and model our lives after altruism, Christianity, uh, religion, whatever the fuck it is, systems and finances. We become we buy into these ideas as absolute truth and don't recognize that a lot like animals, we are walking right into our own cages and we don't even recognize or or, or, or mentally compute that we're walking into fucking cages. Hence why perception is a fucking bitch. This kid could have expanded and become your lieutenant and had a career 
with you or with this company and and path to success, right? right? That would have found him exponentially more money than he was making, even though he was making better than his family at that time. He had a path in front of him that he could have followed to success. Mm-hmm. Instead, because so much of his his giving and his giving back his, to family. His self-sacrifice, was, his yes. need to take care of others, even at his own expense. So this was eating away at what he had to survive. And then when he realized that he was not having enough left, after he kept giving and giving and giving to support the others, he started making some shady choices. He started compromising his work ethic and doing deals and, and, and putting things into place that were on the fringe line of illegal. But, but 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 everything he did was from the mindset of altruism because he was truly, truly yeah. taking care of other people. The problem was he was taking care of other people to the point where it he was put detrimental. himself in a position right. to get fired. Right. It was detrimental to his own well being. And that's the point of altruism. And we all do it in a different context. Yeah. But that that was such an amazing um example of of the flaw of this because nothing he did was malicious it wasn't from the intent to harm they were all good intentions and and that doesn't matter it doesn't matter like like you look at people who win the lottery and a lot of times they will say it was the worst thing that ever happened to them because they end up everyone has their hand out people you never knew you never talked to twice all of a sudden now feeling like you owe them shit Right. And if you don't give, you're an asshole because you you got millions. And you're like, but I won't if I, if I keep giving to everyone. You know, so what we talked about today was there's a lot of macro and micro nuances to this altruistic mentality and given to the point where you are you yourself are or or unhappy mm-hmm. or it causes your depression. And again, as I stated earlier, you know, we've talked now about a lot of the micro, you know, effects of this mentality. We'll talk more about the macro effects of it. We'll give more examples about that. But I really want to zone in on this point because there's somebody listening out there who is bound to this like I was and like the examples we were given. I remember even like um, a couple weeks ago, you had a comment on Facebook where you had said... Yeah, 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 yeah. I had said, I had uh, had given, I had posted a Warren Buffett uh quote. About how the 100,000 was the hardest to earn. Warren Buffett, who is a billionaire, said that the the first 100,000 is bitch. It's a bitch. I know that to be true now because I have we've well exceeded we walked that road. I walked that road. I can I dude, look, I can I can detail to you in painful detailed steps day by day how to get your first hundred thousand because mm-hmm. I have walked that line, I have done that walk, I've lived that perspective, and I so when when they when I read that quote by Warren Buffett that the first hundred grand is a bitch. I don't care if you have to claw, scratch, crawl your way. Just figure out how to get your hands on a hundred mm-hmm. grand in the bank. So I posted that on my social media feed. And this one lady responded to that on my Facebook, responded to that and said, well, um, you know, I don't know that if that I ever want to be rich because there are. Why would I want to have? Why millions? would I want to have millions when there are starving kids on my block who go to bed every night and don't have money? He's like but, that, so <laughs> and 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 I kind of chuckled. Down. I chuckled when I read that, and and all I could think to myself was, "Perception is a fucking bitch, mine." Because I would much rather be rich and have the option to give back. It's like versus- you're rich, you can take a food truck to that neighborhood and feed everyone on the block. When you're the poor person on that block with now them, I'm hoping you're that in somebody the same gone, food right. lines, waiting for the handout. Like, it does nothing, especially if you have the option. It's one thing for people who have no opportunity, no option to become more, to do more. But if you can, if you have the ability to work hard, to hustle, to save, to grind, 
and to put yourself in a position where you don't need a handout, it is your moral obligation to, to do, do that. so. So you are not the poor who needs the handout because now the handouts go where they need to go. Which is why I love a lot of Grant Cardone's philosophy. And Grant Cardone and Dave Ramsey are a lot of alike in very many ways, even though they're on the opposite sides of the spectrum. Right, even though their actual philosophies are very different. Dave Ramsey just says your given needs to come at the end of the seven baby steps, baby step number seven. Mm-hmm. Whereas Grant Cardone just says success is your duty and you have a moral obligation to be rich and to be wealthy and that the best thing you can do for your community is to actually get yourself above the poverty line. Now, I go back to that one story, that analogy I pose about the nine people in the community, and I will be I will be willing to bet my paycheck to say that most people who would respond to that dilemma, that philosophical dilemma, would say that they would be the ones to give back a lot of what they've earned above poverty to the society because it's quote unquote the common good and it's it's coded in this some sort in this sort of moral, moral virtue and i would say to them a lot like the widow and the two uh mites i guess mm-hmm. is what you call it how much of that is programming and in the virtue in in the in the i call it a false sense of virtue but just in the basic virtue that that's coded in mm-hmm. So for me, the reason why I wanted to do this show today was I'm, I, I kept thinking to my mind, in my mind, who's, who is this going to benefit? Who's the end user here? And I, and I thought about people who are or were in my position who are, who are depressed, who have a lot of anxiety, who, People who, who see the road ahead of them and understand that it leads in their own destruction. When right. you can look and you know that as much as I want to give, if I do, I will be homeless next month or I can't buy food. And maybe not or even I will that never extreme. be able to retire. Maybe not, maybe not even extreme, but but I am taking care and I, and I feel this cultural obligation to take care of my family, my friends, my community so much that it is self-sacrificing. And I'll and. Again, I go back to that. I was so fortunate to have found Rand's book. I remember we, when we, you and I walked into that Barnes and Noble. I think it was 2012, uh, 2012, 2013. And I, I walked around that Barnes and Noble. I read that. I, I think I read the entire book right there. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't, I'm exaggerating here, but because it was, I, f- I picked up the book and I said, Sarah, this is the answer I've been looking for because I've had this depression because I feel like I've had to give for so long. I don't understand why this felt weird to me, the giving back to the point of my own detriment. But now I like this lady finally explained this shit in a way that I'm like that that is the philosophy I needed to give me permission yeah, not only that, but your family put pressure on you to be successful because they expected. Right, like if you're if you're you. African, you're expected to have banked your first million by the time you're twenty five, thirty. Because by cultural standards, you are the community's retirement plan. Yeah, and that's a fuck. Like, that goes back to what I said at the beginning. It's a fucked up reason to have kids and to have family if the only reason you have them is to expect them to take but, care of you in your old age. But think about this: How many people up until today's episode have never heard these ideas? And are still living is the point we made back on the very intro of the podcast that people are trapped by this altruistic philosophy Mm -hmm. and don't even know that they are trapped by it because they're not verbs. They don't have in their mental capacity enough varying ideas they can Mm -hmm. pull from. So when you've been raised in a culture where altruism is all you know, and it is is the it, it is the very definition of morality and you don't know that another way exists. You don't even know how to question what you don't know yeah. how to question. So this, right? Like this you don't even know what questions to ask. Uh, this essentially is us being the first people in the crowd to say, um, Emperor, um, I know you could chop my head off, but I think you're actually naked and not wearing anything. Like we're having to be the first boy voice to come out and, and kind of say and give permission, not the first voice because Iron Man said it and like other people have said it, but maybe we're someone's first voice 
they come out and say like hey you, you this shit we may sound crazy for saying this and you may not like us you may stone us and and whatever but there's virtue in being selfish there's virtue yeah. in saying mom sounds dad because you've family, never heard it like that. i ain't gonna give shit anymore because i i look the best thing i can do for y'all is to actually pull away yeah and if people who don't understand that people who give you shit for that it's it's the same people who would watch you burn because you didn't pay for their their happy meal like the that's that petty person who expects the world from you but would never help you out in the same manner you know yeah, what i mean yeah so we like, i guess we can talk about even giving on a more macro scale you know we were talking about that music video from drake God's mm-hmm. plan. Yeah. So look, I love Drake. I love Drake. Drake is a marketing genius because Who's the other the the Justin Bieber did it too? Yeah, Justin Bieber did it with the song Intentions and Drake did it with the song God's Plan. It that goes hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I know, I know. I'm just on. saying that shit was this is this is where I said sometimes you can't be mad at corporations who have figured out human nature and they they understand the moral codes that human beings live by. Hence the, the boxes we've confined ourselves to. So when you live in a society where given has become this altruistic moral goodness. I'm such and very, a good person. I'm such a good person for given. Now you can be Drake and you understand marketing and how to manipulate human emotion for your good. And create a music video where you're giving out money. The same budget you would have spent money, on money costuming Money that was the same budget for what the, video, for what the music video would have cost. But you know what? Instead, let's just give this money out to the poor. Shoot a video of us giving it to the poor. Yeah, it's not incognito. It's and not then, and then now, you know, we went brownie point. It's the same fucking thing as the widow with the mite. But the difference is we don't have God going down, uh, coming down saying, you know what? Uh, actually, Drake's giving didn't mean shit because Drake worth a couple, damn near a billion dollars. So giving five, ten thousand dollars here, we're talking less than point one, 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 one percent of the, what he got. It was the equivalent of him taking you out and buying you a Happy Meal. Right. Like, right. But he going to do that and then call it God's plan. Now people and, and see. And you buy it, go run out and buy his record and give him millions in return. And it, it, fucking drake holla at me man controlling the narrative that shit was genius i saw that shit for what it was you know you philosophically know, this and, is this is where i said too um we were when we were talking about this and i said that people for some reason value giving more if it comes as a sacrifice or as a suffering it, it's like when you see the superhero in the movie if he's batting the bad guy around and it's like it's nothing to him you don't really care. You need to see him sweat. You need to see him strain, you almost to, die you, you, to save the world. Like need, he was going to sacrifice everything. You need to now see Superman bleed, right? Yeah. When it was when it was like, oh, he did all that shit and he had these superpowers, so it really didn't mean shit to him to save the world. It's like, ah, so he really didn't, like, I mean, he saved us, but, like, it, it didn't cost him anything to do it. So why wouldn't he? Now, all of a sudden, when it, he had a risk, when it, when it cost him something, you feel like it has more value. So people with giving feel like it, it need, like when rich people do it or when people of, of means do it, it's almost dirty or it's almost... So, so I love how musicians are doing it because they're doing the philanthropy, not the way like the Jeff Bezos are doing it. Like, oh, I gave a billion dollars to um climate change and everybody claps their hand like oh he's such a good person moral goodness now they shoot music videos title and edit these music these music videos along some type of altruistic giving back moral goodness it changes their brand image so when justin bieber wanted to change his brand to this altruistic always given type guy he writes a song called intentions shoots a music video about intentions and if you haven't seen the shit it's fucking genius gives a young lady a car here and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. guess what image changed mm-hmm. i don't know i just i think the world needs to evolve though because as much as it's like we see shit like that and to me at least 
there's a part of my brain that thinks, oh, that's dirty. Like, it, he's he's manipulating the public. And, and don't like- get me wrong. I enjoy the video. But when I showed it to you, you were just turned off by it from the get-go. Yeah, cause- because it, I, I see the ploy in it. I see the marketing. I see... He's gaining something back in it, just like the story of the lady in the mites. How they talked about how the he, rich he's, people—he's taking advantage. Gave, he's taking advantage of the people who are enslaved, but don't even understand that they are enslaved. Well, it, it's a PR stunt. So, and this is the problem: why even in the story of the Bible, when the rich people gave and they gave millions, they were doing it for the attention, right? The point is, the woman who gave the two mites, she was given it. Because she felt "quote unquote" called to, right? Right, and That's Jesus to be and the Jesus highlighted, yeah, highlighted because she gave everything. She gave uh-huh. all. She gave all. But the he, ultimate sacrifice. And the problem is, it comes with the sacrifice. I I feel like there needs to be a balance, right? You don't need to give for the attention. Don't give for the glory. Don't give for the recognition, right? But at the same time. Don't give all you have to the point of self-sacrifice and detrimenting your future and now becoming the person someone else has to support, right? Because it doesn't know, like, like what good is it if that, that woman who gives the two mites now starves to death because she can't afford to eat? I don't want that on my conscience. I don't think that's worth the two mites. Keep the two mites and go buy yourself some bread, right? Um... I think there needs to be some fucking balance. And I think in the future, we need a society where people give more. Like, people who have more give more. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. Um, this This one hit for me. This one hit for me. And because it, it, it cut close to my heart. Um, and I keep thinking about everyone listening to our conversation right now and them probably thinking to themselves like man i've i've never thought about it like that i hope that's what they think i i I hope i hope i hope and even beyond oh i've never thought about it like that i hope they're thinking to themselves also for the first time in my life because there 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 are a couple people who are tied into this mindset some people maybe like my mom i love my mom but they give so much back to family, friends, and their culture in Africa to the point of self-sacrifice that she's, I can tell it's a, it's a source of depression and pain mm-hmm. for her because she's given so altru- altruistically to the point where it's, it's self-sabotaging to her and, and, mm-hmm. and, and it just, the mentality no longer serves her well. Mm-hmm. But she you, you she know, she's so bound to her religion, her culture and her point of view that she she would never entertain the idea of Rand's philosophy that there's virtue in being selfish. She would never she would never adopt it. She could she could logically understand it, but she would but never she see get, it. She would never see it as a solution. So there the, are people the like the problem with that. The problem with that is it becomes like the same reason people follow religion. It's for the promise of heaven. If there wasn't the promise of heaven, would most people actually follow religion? Who knows? And and, and that's my point. People who give often give for the promise people, of the, re, the people, return. People who give altruistically. Yes. To the point of self-destruction and self-sacrifice to the point where it causes them pain and unhappiness. Mm-hmm. They give for that the return. Either the, the because, praise because it's or been the defined by like society yeah. as a more as a moral virtue. Yeah. So there's people like my mom who are so bound by that it doesn't. I could never share. I could never share Rand's book to her because she would she would just not see it that way. So there's that group of people. There's a group of people who are also like me, who were are raised up in that moral code. But deep down, deep down, deep down inside them somewhere on some fundamental level, they know something is off. Something is not right here. You know, like they, they are they are going about their daily life going, some just don't feel right about how much I have to give back to the family to the point of self-sacrifice. But up until that, up until this podcast today, this conversation, 
They had Maybe never they haven't heard it. Maybe. They've never heard it. And they had never known that there was people out there who were struggling, who are struggling with the same ideas that they're struggling with. And to see that, man, there's a different way to live. There's a different way to think. There's a different system or, or operating platform for which you can build your life. And, you know, so to that group of people, I want to give you permission. I, I, I urge you to be the verb and not the noun and to add this one philosophy, this one mindset about a filter on your giving. Yes. Like not 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 saying that I'm not just, ever I'm give. Just, I'm just, just filter. I'm, yeah, there's look, I love giving. It makes me feel good. But I give through the filter of virtue and selfishness, which I only self give first. Self first. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love I love that. I love how you coined that term for self first. I give through that filter, knowing that if given causes me any discomfort whatsoever, it's not going to happen. Period and end of story. Like I have to be so far above poverty. We understand it. This is the problem with human beings not being able to see contextually. We understand self first in other aspects of life, like in the plane. Mm -hmm. With the analogy used with leaders putting the oxygen mask, putting on the first. oxygen mask on. We understand self first in these contexts, but when it comes to altruism and altruistic giving. We, we seem to throw logic all out the fucking window because we've defined that to be moral gotta goodness. Gotta give him the last I have. Yes. And if you are listening to this podcast today and you are that person, I am talking specifically to you because I have been you. I've been there. I've been where, like, you're so, you've been told that you should be so grateful to your parents because they gave you life. And I'm and I'm like, bro, you didn't ask to be born. If you had the if if you, you're a rational person listening to me right now, if you were told to choose between being born and just chilling in heaven for all of eternity and not fucking with this shit, would you really have chosen to come down here? Probably not. There's a saying in corporate America, trust the process, trust the process. It doesn't even matter how much you know deep down within your soul that some just don't feel right about this shit. You are told to trust the process. A lot of times our perceptions, a lot like altruism, become the process of life that we are told to just trust and accept. So much so that we are then unable to recognize when these systems no longer serve us or when they are the source of much of your life's misery, pain, and depression. This, these systems are so ingrained in how we've always done things and what you've always believed your entire life to be true that you don't even recognize them as what they are. Fucking prisons. Fucking prisons. If you like this type of content and would like to know more about what it means to be the verb not the now or better understand the philosophy of perception being a fucking bitch, man. Then follow the link in the description below and you can download a copy of the book. Perception is a bitch available only on Amazon. We will see you next time.